1: You're listening to Alabama's only union talk radio show, The Valley Labor
0: Report, with Adam Keller and Jacob Morrison. Hey, good morning, y'all. Welcome to The Valley Labor Report. My name is Adam Keller, and this is Shop Talk, our Thursday morning episode we're producing every week with a focus on labor education, history, and training. It's Thursday, November 9th, and we're broadcasting live from Spice Radio Studio in the heart of the Tennessee Valley in Huntsville, Alabama. Every episode is live-streamed on YouTube and Facebook and is released on your favorite podcasting platform in the coming days. Today on the show, we're talking all about strikes with Sarah Moe from Strike for Our Rights. Before we get into that, I do want to take a moment to thank our very first sponsor for Shop Talk at the valley labor report we are big fans of labor notes labor notes is a media and organizing project that since 1979 has been the voice of union activists who want to put the movement back in the labor movement through their magazine website books conferences and workshops labor notes promotes organizing aggressive strategies to fight concessions alliances with worker centers and unions that are run by their members labor notes is also a network of rank and file members local union leaders, and labor activists who know the labor movement is worth fighting for. They encourage connections between workers in different unions, worker centers, communities, industries, and countries to strengthen the movement from the bottom up. With 40 years of movement building behind them, Labor Notes exists as a resource for leaders and union members who want to chart a new course for the labor movement. At the Valley Labor Report, we are proud subscribers and supporters and encourage our listeners to do the same. Go to labornotes.org to find out more. So thanks for joining us, y'all. Really appreciate it. Sorry for the late start this morning. We've had some technical difficulties. Uh, We've had a lot going on at the Valley Labor Report lately. Um, I'll mention it briefly here, and I'll mention at the end uh, that we have a 32-hour marathon live stream starting tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, So that's Friday, November 10th, 9.30 a.m. Central. We will go live, and then we will stay on the air for 32 hours, nonstop, until Saturday evening, 5.30 p.m. Central. Uh, And we are streaming for 32 hours, which is a crazy thing to do. And we're doing this to raise money for striking workers. Uh, BCTGM members in Memphis who've been on strike since June, as well as UAW members who've been on strike at Mack Trucks. Uh, for over a month now. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit more about it at the end, tell you a little bit more about what we have planned, uh, but I think it's perfect timing that today's SHOP Talk is going to be some education about strikes. Uh, so while we highlight the the struggles of striking southern workers this weekend and raise money for them, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about what strikes are uh, what your role would be in a strike, uh, whether you are participating or as an ally. Uh, So we're gonna do some education on that and we're gonna talk with Sarah Moe from Strike for Our Rights, uh, which is an organization I just recently learned about uh, thanks to the Labor Radio Podcast Network. So shout out to them uh, for the connections that they're making with folks. Uh, Hopped on a Zoom call, got a chance to meet Sarah and um, was really interested to hear about her organization and what they're doing um, and it seemed like a perfect opportunity to talk about strikes. Uh, so with all that out of the way, uh, I do want to bring in Sarah and uh, just welcome you to the show and thank you for your time.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. yeah, this is like so fun.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for joining. Absolutely. Um like I said, uh, I really have been curious to learn more about your organization and learn a little bit more about yourself. Uh, so this kind of start there before we get into Strikes One Hundred and One. If you could just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and you know how and why you got involved in this labor movement.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm a lawyer and obviously a workers' right advocate. So. Um, I got involved, I mean, my parents were both union members, so I grew up in a union family, picket lines, like all of it. Um, there was a lot of labor talk just growing up. And I think as things have progressed in the last couple of years, as far as the labor movement, um, it just became apparent that there is a gap that was kind of needing to be filled in terms of both education around strikes, um, but then also financial assistance, because that tends to be the thing that keeps people from being able to strike, is not being able to sustain themselves.
0: Right, absolutely. So we'll, we're gonna circle back to strike for our rights and kind of what y'all do on in those realms, uh, both in education and in financial assistance. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's this, this start with some, some basic education here what is a strike
1: yeah oh it's a labor stoppage it's a withholding of labor um sometimes accompanied by picket lines but not required people can go on strike um by just not going to work or you know and this also includes if you think about the icelandic women's strike Um, that happened in 1975. And then also just, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they did another one. It can also include withholding labor in terms of the household labor, right? So um, I'm sure that we've all kind of felt that at some point, like, oh, I want to go on strike. Like, yeah, you can do that. You can withhold labor.
0: And and so I think the thing there that's really important to emphasize is that it is an organized withholding of labor, right? Like, so if, like, I decide to just skip work tomorrow, is that a strike?
1: I mean, by definition, yeah, but the thing is, like, is that going to do anything, right? Like, is it a withholding of labor that is uh, part of the collective bargaining? Is it a part of, um, are there demands associated with it, right? Like, we get a lot of people who are like, I'm on strike, and it's like, okay, great, like, for what? And does anyone know um that kind of reminds me of my niece and nephew who when they were little like very very little they were like you know we're not going to do our chores like we're on strike and it's like okay like
0: right sure right yeah you got to think about you know is there an impact is there a demand uh, or set of demands is it organized and collective um yeah. And you know, there are different types of strikes. Uh, you know, uh, maybe one that you most commonly would run across or, or maybe associate with a strike would be when a collective bargaining agreement expires, right? Yeah. And typically, the way that would work um, is that the union members would vote to authorize a strike, right, if the negotiations mm-hmm. fail then they would go out on strike um, assuming that has happened and and they have authorized it um, yeah and so maybe there's maybe so you can speak a little work. bit more about that like what goes into actually like conducting a strike
1: yeah so so much prep work um and again i think there is a common misconception that like we as a society um because we often you know get those messages of like Let's all just go on strike like France does, like tomorrow, you know, call on a general strike tomorrow. And there's so much that goes on before anyone goes on strike, whether it's a workplace strike or a general strike. Um, And I'm sure we'll go into the differences between the two in a minute. But there's a lot that goes on in terms of negotiations, um, like you mentioned, actually organizing your workplace. Right. And that requires that you talk to your colleagues and you often unionize. And if you're not unionized, that doesn't mean you can't go on strike, but it does mean things could possibly be more difficult for you. Um, But if you're unionized, you know, you've got the leadership in place to help with that collective bargaining. Um, So a strike is really a last resort. A strike is we've negotiated. We've, um, you know, requested the following things. And we've been met with no, 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 no. And then, you know, there's usually a threat of a strike. And if that's also met with an I don't care, then there's a call to strike. Um, But there's so much that goes on beforehand. And I think we've seen that in the last few months as these massive organizations, SAG, Uh, UAW going on strike, they've really shown us how much preparation and how much solidarity it requires to have a successful strike.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, I think something, a a few things you said there that are really important. um, You know, a strike is typically your last resort. Um, It is like your ultimate weapon, right? And it's like, you know, you break the the glass in case of emergency. Um, Yeah. You know it's not something to be done lightly it's usually uh, you know the pinnacle of a series of escalating actions Uh, and like you said you've you've tried you've tried you've tried you're getting nowhere Uh, and that's when you resort to this this ultimate weapon and it is a difficult weapon to wield it requires so much preparation and like you said so much solidarity to continue it Um, so maybe this is a good time to speak about if you are a worker on strike You're obviously not going to work. But what else could you do or should you be doing?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you're on strike, you're often at a picket line. If that's safe for you, um, that's usually what I would say most striking workers are doing, or they are leafleting and letting folks know about the strike. Um, So a good example of that is, you know, here in Pittsburgh, we have a small SAG. Um, It's not even that small but compared to Los Angeles right like we have a small group of sag workers, and they will be leafleting out in front of um, companies that are either associated with or or were associated with the companies that they were striking against right these major production companies. So a lot of times it's also you're informing the public. One of the reasons we have picket lines is to really let the public know, make it an outward showing, hey, we're not satisfied with this workplace and the public needs to know that. And what better way to do that than to be right in front of their faces, you know, on a picket line holding a sign that says like unfair wages or whatever. Um, So usually there's some aspect of education that's associated with striking or picket lines.
0: Right, right. And, and continued involvement, right? Because you're going to have to, you're going to be expected as a member to be engaged in this and looking out for your brothers and sisters, uh, attending updates and meetings as needed to, to stay informed on what's going on. Um, you know, depending on the situation there, you know, I know the historic coal miner strike here in Alabama in Brookwood, you know, they had a strike pantry. And, yep. and so, you know, many of the folks in the miners auxiliary, many of the wives and, and partners of the, the miners were raising funds. They were, you know, gathering diapers and food and other supplies for families. So there's a lot of mutual aid that could be required. Uh, and Absolutely. so, you know, sometimes you think you may think in your head like, OK, if I go on strike, I'm, I'm off work, like I'm I'm free. Right. It is. But it is such a heavy action that it it requires participation uh to be successful
1: yeah yeah absolutely mutual aid could not be understated here like taking care of one another and it's it's a good thing to start practicing now right like as we the collective work working class um i think are feeling this tension we should start that and i see that we are starting that now right doing that mutual aid work taking care of your neighbors now so that if and when the time comes where we do have to come together and collectively strike we've got those habits in place where yeah we know how to take care of one another
0: absolutely yeah i think that's huge and you know something that i've i've heard from folks who've been on strike is that a lot of times your strikes are won before the strike even starts. It was the prep you put into it. It was the practicing that you've had. You know, are folks able to take care of one one another? Are they used to doing that? Um, Are they used to being participants in the union? Uh, Or do they just pay dues, right, and expect other folks to to handle everything? Uh, All that that goes into it is what can make or break it. Uh, And so, we we've talked a little bit about what you as a striking worker may be expected to do but what if you are an ally you're on the outside you are not working for this company but you're sympathetic to the strike what can you do how should you respond
1: so many ways um don't be a scab (laughs) don't take a job don't cross that picket line um if you see striking workers outside of the coffee shop and if they're you know asking that you not go into the coffee shop, don't go into the coffee shop, buy your coffee somewhere else. Um, You can join a picket line. In fact, the public is encouraged. If that's something that the workers want, and usually they do, join the picket line, pick up a sign. You don't have to be employed there to participate in a picket line. And again, I think this is good practice to show solidarity. Like, What's it like to be on a picket line? It's a lot more empowering than I think people think because you're getting so much support from you know cars driving by honking or you know people walking by who are like yeah like solidarity like it does feel really good to join a picket line most of the time um other things yeah donating to strike funds most of these unions or workplaces that are on strike will have a strike fund So donating to strike funds, dropping off food or water or temperature control at a picket line. So if you're like, hey, I don't have the time, but like I've got cookies at home, like, yeah, drop off your plate of cookies. That would be really appreciated. Um, Letting other people know, spreading the word about the strike and, you know, showing up with your friends, showing up with your colleagues to show solidarity. Um, I think it's always important to ask the folks at the picket line, like, what kind of support do you need? Because you'd be surprised how often they don't get asked that question and it's just kind of assumed, right? So don't assume something, but rather go up to them and be like, hey, what are you guys striking about? You know, how can I help you? Because sometimes they might just be like, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Can you like stand in my place for the next five minutes? um or like one of the requests we got was for uh noisemakers which was like kind of the last thing I thought they would be requesting but they were like no we're good on food we're good on all these other things but like we could really use some like blowhorns um or some clappers and I was like oh a hundred percent like I got those for you so ask
0: yeah I think that's huge uh yeah, you, you don't want to overstep your boundaries and, like, do something that's not helpful, right? Uh, you don't want to show up to the picket line and alienate people um, or, you know, cut across the union strategy. You want to be supportive. You want to be helpful and, and show your solidarity, uh, which, again, starts with asking what do they need um, and, and supporting however you can, right? Because everybody has their own lives. Everybody's got everything going on in their lives. and. You know, each person can contribute in different ways. Um, You know, the UAW members at ZF uh, Manufacturing here in Alabama were on strike uh, a little while ago, and that's in Tuscaloosa. It's not that close to me. Um, It's quite a drive, but I happen to be driving down that way. And so I brought some waters and Gatorades to the picket line and just checked in with folks and talked with folks um, and helped spread the word when I wasn't in town. Right. Uh, I couldn't be there all the time, but I was able to help, you know, in my own little way. And I think if each person kind of considers that, what can you do? Um, how can you contribute in your own little way? Uh, it does make a difference. And uh, like you said, the, the members on strike thrive off that support and the solidarity. Every time the, the car honks, every time, you know, a stranger shows up in support. Uh, it just lifts spirits and gives them, you know, that much more resolve to continue the fight. So, Sarah, we've talked about what you can do as an ally, what you can do as the striking worker itself. Uh, what about employers? How do they typically respond to a strike?
1: Well, I mean, what have we seen in the last few months?
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: Um. Yeah, I think that's going to be dependent on the employer, right? But usually, what we've been seeing—I I, this is just based off of you know some of these major ones—is they tend to double down, right? They're not necessarily bargaining in good faith. Um, so this is where having public support is really important and helpful, because when the SAG actors started to have the public show up to the picket lines and have the public show up to rallies, um, and have the public, you know, call these major production companies. Um, I think that's a great way to show that this is everyone's fight. And I think that that gets the attention of these employers to see like, oh, our this is, this is becoming something that, you know, Is talked about in a household like they don't want to look bad in your house um so they tried to spin it right most employers who are not bargaining in good faith kind of try to spin it and we saw that happen so many years right where we these employers kind of vilified striking workers oh you're asking for too much or this is so unreasonable you know um and it didn't work this time right we saw that they tried to say like oh what they're asking for is unreasonable and luckily we didn't fall for it right the public didn't fall for it the public was like no what's unreasonable is that you make 400 times what the average worker makes that's ridiculous that's what's unreasonable
0: yeah absolutely absolutely that public community supports huge because employers typically will respond in a negative way you know sometimes they will come to the table quickly after a strike sometimes they will try to wait out the union and starve out the union which is a situation like we saw again with the coal miners here in alabama Um, And, you know, it is so important to have that ongoing community support. And you're right, the public is behind folks in a way that we haven't seen in quite some time. The public is behind striking workers and behind organized labor. Uh, So that's a huge opportunity that we have for sure. Um, You know, we've talked a little bit, you've mentioned the concept of a general strike versus, you know, a, a workplace strike. Could you, yeah. you know, elaborate on that a little bit for us? Because we definitely hear lots of talk about general strikes. It comes up, it seems like every couple of months, you know, there's like a viral uh, demand for a general strike. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, tell us what what's that all about?
1: Yeah. So, oh, man, those posts. Um, OK, so basically a workplace strike is just generally it's your workplace that's going on strike. Um, so that might be your local Starbucks or Trader Joe's or you know you name it right waffle house um that that is going to be the typical strike that most people are familiar with in the US and those strikes are workplace specific so when they go on strike um in order for them to you know be like a legal strike they do have to have something to do with the workplace wages, safety, working conditions, et cetera. When we talk about a general strike, we're talking about the public at large. So the population of the US, let's say, across industries going on strike for societal issues, issues that we are all concerned about, right? Living wages can be included. But we're also talking about climate action, racial justice, um, abortion access, affordable housing, right? There are so many issues that the general public is frustrated and angry about, rightfully so. And that's why you hear this talk about a general strike. We've seen them in other countries. France recently had one. Um, France seems to go on strike every other week, which I think a lot of people, myself included, are pretty jealous about. Um, Panama last August had a strike, general strike. Um, but they are pretty common, especially outside of the U.S., when we talk about like if a general population is discontent.
0: Right, right. And, and something also to distinguish is that, you know, a strike is not – sometimes people throw strikes in with, like, boycotts and protests. Right. And there are clear distinctions, right? A strike is a stoppage of work, of labor. Uh, and as you distinguished earlier, that could include, you know, labor in the household. Um, it could be prison labor, right? It could be – we've seen inmates in Alabama go on strike uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, which involved not only stopping working, but just kind of civil disobedience. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's there's overlap in in these different tactics, Uh, you know, but but the strike is definitely, you know, a a coordinated and collective withholding of labor. Um, Right.
1: The way I like to think about it is kind of like this, the square and rectangle. Right. Like um, so. A strike is a form of a protest, but a protest is not necessarily a strike. A protest is just a public display of we're frustrated Um, and you can have a protest just on your own street, right? Like my neighbors did that earlier in uh, September. We had like a local protest on my street. It was a march um, and that's all it was. There wasn't a withholding of labor, right? Um, A strike. Is a form of protesting, right? We are showing that we are upset about something, and that, um, you know, we're waiting for our demands to be met. But it does not necessarily mean that you're out on the streets marching. Um,
0: yeah, right, right. And and something else I think that's worth emphasizing there is that the unique power of the strike is that it hits at production, right? Without the UAW members at work, Ford F-150s were not rolling off the line. And if they weren't rolling off the line, they couldn't sell them in profit, right? So, it really strikes at the maintenance of production, uh, which is why often we see employers try to bring in replacement workers, which we typically call scabs. Um, And maybe I should distinguish there because scab is a term that gets thrown around a lot Particularly as labor is more popular now, uh, it's kind of like a more popular insult uh, I've come across, and people have used it in a way that maybe they don't fully understand. Their heart's in the right place, so to speak. But, um, you know, a scab, in my assessment, and you you tell me if if you feel differently, but for me, a scab is, is a replacement worker who is deliberately replacing the the labor of someone who is on strike right they they knowingly cross a picket line um, and make the decision that yes i'm going to do this work even though someone is striking over it Uh, that's not the same as a free rider Um, free riders are folks who benefit from a union but they're in a right-to-work environment they choose not to pay dues they may be covered by the collective bargain agreement Or like in the case of public service workers, maybe they benefit from the pay raise that the teachers union lobbied for, um, Mm -hmm. but they're taking a free ride on the dues money of of dues paying union members. But that's not the same as a scab. Um, So, yeah, I didn't know if you had anything to add there, but it is a common term that we hear in in this context.
1: Yeah, in fact, you know, people even are, are sometimes calling folks anyone who crosses a picket line so including the consumer um a scab i i don't know how important the distinction is um i don't know that we need to get like too bogged down with it because ultimately you know the goal is don't cross the picket line no matter who you are um but yes there are you know technical terms associated and let's not misdirect our anger right um sometimes people will misdirect their anger at scabs and it's like can we all just collectively like remember that it's the employer who um is the one that we are striking right uh and and that's not to say that um you know i condone folks who scab but again let's not get off track right it's the employer who Is the one usually with the millions billions of dollars and is choosing not to support their workers in their reasonable demands
0: right right yeah there's a couple of things that i really liked about what you just said one is not losing focus on the employer um it is easy to take out our anger on folks but like if some random consumer crosses the picket line at a grocery store or a coffee shop you know maybe that's an opportunity to educate that person on why yeah. that was a bad decision and why that was not an act of solidarity, um, as opposed to necessarily like your gut reaction of just like, you know, yelling that they're a scab. Uh, right. That would be my personal, you know, style and approach as an organizer. But um, – you know, and there are folks who I think you can sometimes distinguish between those who are like deliberately scabbing and those who, uh, you know, maybe don't necessarily know that they're being used in that way. And historically in yeah. the United States, we've seen where migrant labor, uh, in, in you know, has really been taken advantage of in those situations um, yeah. are where folks are brought in from out of state. They don't necessarily yeah. know what's going on. So, yeah, it's, it can be very complicated, but again, the, the, the focus is on the employer has chosen not to to settle, therefore the yeah. workers have been forced into a strike. And I've never come across a strike in, in my years of studying the movement where the workers' demands were unreasonable, you know, where it was unaffordable. And I've just never run into that situation where if the company gave the workers what they were asking for, you know, they were gonna go bankrupt overnight or it's not that situation. Um, no. You know, it's it's typically just a situation of greed um, yeah. and whether or not the workers can have enough leverage to force them to go against their greed.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: So let's wrap up with talking about Strike for Our Rights. What do you all do as an organization? And, and tell us a little bit about, you know, the work that you all are involved in.
1: Yeah, um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So we advocate for striking as a means of social justice, equity, systemic change. And that looks like a few different things. Um, The first is that we're really normalizing striking. Like, let's normalize it so that people aren't so scared to do it. Um, And so that more people are empowered to do it. So that looks like educating folks on what striking is and what it's not, how it works, how it doesn't work. All of this really with the ultimate goal of being able to help facilitate and organize a general strike or multiple general strikes in the US. Um, The other thing that we do is we provide strike assistance. So if you and your colleagues are on strike or you're about to go on strike, um, you can request support from us on our website. We provide picket line support if you need that. Um, And again, that can look like a number of things temperature control, water, food, signs, people, you know, we've got volunteers working remotely across the country, and a lot of them are able to show up at a picket line. Um, And then financial assistance, because we know that oftentimes people who are going on strike, um, their union may have a strike fund, but sometimes they don't. Or they may be able to provide some financial assistance, but it's not the same wage, meaning, you know, it might be just a supplemental like, hey, here's the bare minimum. Everyone's going to get while on strike. And that does not always mean that it's what you typically earn. And considering most folks working in the US are really working paycheck to paycheck and living paycheck to paycheck, um, it's important that they get what they are used to making. Um, And so we can provide financial assistance, I will say. We're having fundraisers because our strike fund is very low right now because there is a record number of people on strikes, and so a record number of people are also requesting strike assistance, so if you want to support striking workers, you can donate to our strike fund. We distribute strike fund, I mean, like, whenever it comes in, I have a list of people who it needs to go out to, Um, so yeah, that's what we do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool, um, and, and I think it's in, important that you know we include all workers in the conversation. Because, like you said this morning, uh, you don't necessarily have to have a union to go on strike. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have like a you know an, a legacy union to go on strike. There are folks who are starting new unions from scratch, who are starting independent unions. Uh, There are folks who are going on wildcat strikes that are not necessarily authorized by any, you know, official union or leadership. Uh, And so there are just different, you know, forms of activity that workers are taking right now. Workers are on the move. There is a militancy among the working class in a way we haven't seen in in some time. And it's important that we show up for one another and support one another as folks fight the good fight. Uh, So really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I wanted to point out that, like. You know, there are certain types of employees, um, certain government employees or educators. um, There's a variety of employees who, you know, their contract states, they can't go on strike. And so when, you know, they're, that can sometimes make people feel powerless, workers feel powerless. Um, But there are other ways that we've seen those workers unite and and get their power back. And that might be in a sick out. That's something that you know teachers and nurses have done where they've all called in sick. Um, and that, again, is a withholding of labor. Um, we don't technically call it a strike because they're not authorized necessarily to go on strike. If someone's saying a sick out, it's very intentional. Um, but those same people can come to us and request strike assistance.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made that distinction because absolutely there are some folks who are bound in their contract by no strike clauses. There are yeah, folks like public school teachers in Alabama where it's against the law to go on strike. Now, that's not to say that you can't still do it. Folks break the law all the time uh, and sometimes even for good reasons. So, you know, um, but all those are things to consider. And, you know, I think it's important that we have organizations out there who are lifting up this you know, this tactic and this ability uh, to withhold our labor and and how that can build power for working people. Uh, So you mentioned StrikeForOurRights.org. Was there anything else you wanted to kind of plug and and let folks know about what y'all are up to?
1: Yeah. So um, on Instagram, you can follow us at StrikeForOurRights. And then we do have a silent auction coming up. So if you want to donate an item or a service to be auctioned off, it's all going to our strike fund and it's going to be taking place November 24th through December 2nd. Um, It's online. Here's the link. Uh, I'm gonna put it in our chat if you want to donate an item or a service. Um, But if you wanna bid on something, again, November 24th through December 2nd, here's the link to actually bid. Um, and yeah, just keep showing up for your local strikes, keep supporting striking workers. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that. If you want to volunteer with us, we have remote volunteer opportunities. Some of them are 15 minutes. Some of them are five hours. It's really up to you and what you have the capacity to do. But now is the time to get involved in this labor movement in whatever way you can. This is how we, as again, a working class need to come together and really build solidarity, practice solidarity. Um, Don't get hung up on the details, right? But really try to focus on like the greater good. Um, So, you know, if you disagree with one of the demands, for example, this is kind of something we see is like, people are like, well, I think, you know, the first five demands are reasonable, but the sixth one, no way. And so then they just kind of like, you know, cancel or or don't support. And it's like, no, just remind yourself that like, this is for the greater good. So even if you don't agree that, you know, the actor's um, demands were unreasonable, which they were not, in my opinion, Um, that don't lose sight of the fact that they were fighting for all of us and that the majority of everything that, you know, was going on, like, was for the working class.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree there. And another example with that Alabama coal miner strike is where we would see folks who say, oh, well, I'm against coal mining. You know, I'm I'm concerned about coal's impact on the climate or, you know, they should get different jobs. Uh, and we saw that from people who are ostensibly you know, liberal or progressive and you know, wouldn't think of themselves as being anti-worker, but it certainly uh, – you know, that's not the kind of solidarity we need. And something that we really emphasized is that uh, you don't have to agree that coal mining is a great profession or that it's a profession we need long term. What you can agree with is that workers should not be mistreated. And that yes. as long as these jobs exist, the people doing these jobs should be treated well, should be paid well, um, and and have the kind of respect and dignity that they deserve and their families and communities deserve. And so, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I think that's a great way to wrap things up, Sarah. I really appreciate your time. Uh, and again, folks can go to StrikeForOurRights.org to find out more about what y'all are up to. And um, thanks again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. All right, y'all. Well, uh, I've enjoyed the conversation, talking all about strikes. Um, I will drop the link in the notes for uh, more information if you want to find out more about Strike for Our Rights and and what they're doing. Um, Like I said, I think it was a good time to talk about what is a strike. Um, As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we ourselves at the Valley Labor Report are doing some strike fundraising. Uh, We've got our marathon live stream starting tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. all the way until Saturday at 5.30 p.m., 32 hours, nonstop, on the air. Jacob and I will tag in and out as we need to to uh, stay alive. But, um, you know, it's going to be fun. Uh, We're going to have a lot of cool guests. Uh, We're going to be talking people power. 32 hours in honor of the 32-hour work week, which is a historic demand of our labor movement. We came very close to winning it in the 1930s. The UAW has revived that in the popular consciousness. Uh, We are all about it ourselves at the Valley Labor Report, so thought it would be a nice tie-in. But yeah, tune in, we will have Sam Cedar, Kim Kelly, Max Alvarez, Bhaskar Sankara, Hamilton Nolan. Uh, We've got some great comedians coming Trey Crowder and Corey Forrester and Drew Morgan and D.J. Lewis. Uh, we've got folks from Jobs to Move America are coming on, uh, folks from the Economic Policy Institute, uh, historian of the UAW is coming on. So it's, it's going to be an eclectic mix, but, and of course we're going to open things up tomorrow morning talking to the workers themselves in these strikes uh, and hearing from them from the front lines of the picket lines and what, what's been going on with them and, and how folks can support them uh, so it's all to raise money for a good cause. We're going to give the money to the striking workers. Um, tune in uh, if you can. Chat in. Call us. Uh, leave a message. Leave a voicemail. Uh, any message of solidarity that you want to send. And uh, share our stuff on social media. We would really appreciate it. It would mean a lot. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. So that's it for shop talk today y'all i uh, really hope it was worth your time and i uh, appreciate everyone who tuned in just a reminder that the valley labor report is a working class media collective dedicated to lifting up labor struggles throughout alabama and across the south we bring you alabama's only union talk radio show every saturday morning with the first half from 9 30 to 11 a.m live on fm radio through wvnn here in the huntsville listening area The entire program is online via Facebook, YouTube, and podcast, and portions of the program are replayed on WZZA in the Shoals and WHIV out of New Orleans. We definitely encourage you to check out our website, tvlr.fm. You can find our newsletters and subscribe to those newsletters, check out articles, check out our merch at the store. And finally, we do rely on donations and sponsorships to put out all of this free content. We really appreciate the advertisers that we have. Our single biggest source of contributions comes from listener donations, though, and we really, really appreciate all of you brothers and sisters out there that chip in a couple bucks here and there to to help make this program successful. So thank you for that. You can go to tvlr.fm slash donate. Uh, and uh, one last plug for the strike fundraiser is tvlr.fm strike fundraiser. So if you share our mission to grow the Southern labor movement, if you share our belief in the power of solidarity and collective organization, if you want media that is for working people by working people, please consider becoming a recurring donor at tvlr.fm donate. All power to the workers. Solidarity, y'all.